Well, good morning and welcome to the Think Courageously podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 13th. And for the first time in history, our president, Donald J. Trump, will be impeached for the second time. Now, let me start off by saying that I have absolutely stayed away from anything political on this show, but I really need to share with you some things in my mind that are around thinking courageously. So I wanted to talk today about something called the connectedness of isms. One of the things you may not know about me as is that I have been an ally and an advocate for really all my life. My parents were advocates and allies. My dad served as the national president of Easter Seals. He was an advocate for people with disabilities. My mom served as the president of our board of education. She was an advocate for education. I am an advocate. When I started my career in student affairs, I immediately started to know that I needed to do something to support students who were living uh, on campuses that felt uh, a sense of not being included. So when I worked at Lafayette College, I actually was the advisor to the Association for Black Women. I worked with uh, the Women's Advocacy Group. I worked with a LGBTQ group. Um, in the early 90s, I actually traveled with the AIDS quilt, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, I don't know if you remember the AIDS quilt, but it was really, I was so drawn to it. I learned about it when I was working at Lafayette College and we had it on display. And I thought it was the most powerful educational tool that I had ever seen. And so I decided to become a volunteer. And then I decided to travel with the quilt and actually coordinated quilt displays in two big cities for um, the quilt project. As I got older, I continued this advocacy work. And I would say most recently, I have claimed being an advocate for domestic violence, as I've told my story through this show. So here's what you need to know about me that will get us to the connectedness of isms. So I am, at least what you see, white, brown-eyed, petite, short-haired, uh, sm small of stature, uh, brown-eyed. Oh, I think I said two of those twice. But that's what you see. That's what you see when I enter the room. What you don't see about me, that you may not know about me, is I come from a divorced family. I am a sister. I am a wife. I am a mother. I am a stepmother. I am an entrepreneur. I am a liberal. I'm an advocate and ally. A new label that I just wrote down for the first time ever today is I'm an orphan. Uh, I lost my parents. And one of the things you definitely don't see or may not know about me is I am a Jew. And I feel that this is especially important for me to talk about today because my whole life, uh, my maiden name was Cummins. And let's face it, it's not, quote unquote, what people say, a Jewish last name. 
right? People would say to me, oh, you're Jewish? You don't look Jewish. Um, and oftentimes I found myself in rooms where anti-Semitism was happening, bigotry was happening, and people didn't realize that I was all these other things, that I was going to call somebody out for being a bully, that I was going to call somebody out about my ethnicity, where I'm from. I'm an Eastern European Jew, specifically, actually, Ancestry says I'm a 99.9% Eastern European Jew. Um, and so I've experienced hatred and bigotry and anti-Semitism all my life. And it's not something you see. As part of that part of my identity, you know, my parents and Jews have always talked about a concept called never again. And never again has to do with what happened in Nazi Germany and what happened to Jews in Nazi Germany. And, you know, here we are today, a week after an insurrection. And the day after that, I put on my Facebook a pretty strong statement about if you don't see something wrong with what happened, we shouldn't be friends. And I also shared that if you didn't see that this was an issue of racial inequity in our country, we shouldn't be friends. And I, I ended up getting into a conversation with somebody who was like, this, this has nothing to do with that. And I saw it immediately. If you're a white person and you have been awoken and you watched what happened last week, you would know that what happened last week was all about bigotry, hatred, prejudice, anti-Semitism, um, anti-Black Lives Matter. It was about all of those things. And when I think about uh, Nazi Germany, and I actually have connected this for many, many years during this presidency that, you know, how does how does a Holocaust happen? It happens because people are complacent and excuse leaders. And as a Jew, as a white Jew, as somebody who... Um, is not a religious Jew. I feel so strongly that if, if I can't stand up for racism, if I can't stand up for LGBTQ issues, then, then I'm not a very courageous person. Actually, I have no courage. And what the connectedness of isms is all about is pretty cool. Actually, when I worked at Lafayette college, we brought in somebody to talk about this concept. And we basically all stood in this uh, huge circle holding hands. And the facilitator would say, she would have a question around your identity. If your identity is that you are white, uh, you know, drop from the circle. If you are a person of color, drop from the, the circle. If you are uh, identify as uh, LGBTQ, drop from the circle. Uh, so there was a series of questions. And at the end, actually, it was backwards. We were all disconnected, individuals standing in this room. And by the end, what we found was we were all in one circle. We were connected by this magical web of our identities. Like we are all connected in some way or another as women we are connected in a tribe of women. 
Um, and I just think now is a time to really consider this connectedness of isms as we go through the next week. Um, and I'm guessing that we're all going to feel some pain moving forward. I have to tell you that my heart is breaking to see somebody wear a shirt last week that says Camp Auschwitz. How offensive is that? How offensive is it to see the Confederate flag being waved in our, in the people's house? How offensive is it that people are looking to noose a grandmother to kill Nancy Pelosi? As women, we should not be tolerating this. We need to be speaking out. We need to be loud. We need to be courageous. And, and I'm curious, um, as you listen to this show, you know, how you might feel about this, what you're thinking right now, what is putting you in a place of being angry or outraged or sad, or that you know you need to reach out to somebody. And, you know, a little story for me, it goes back to a previous episode, which was about uh, my bubble and my box. And I have a lot of Black friends, a lot of Black people in my life. And uh, when Black Lives Ma uh, Matter, when that movement started and we, this summer, when we saw what we saw, um, I have a very dear friend that's a coach uh, that I you know, I felt like I don't even know how to reach out or talk about this subject without my own shit coming up, right? My own white privilege shit coming up. So what I did was I ended up just sending her a prayer, a set of prayer hands. And that set of prayer hands initiated a conversation, a text conversation where she knew I was an ally um, and that I was a fighter. And that I was, I had been awoken to the world and that, yeah, I grew up in a white suburb in New Jersey, but I have worked tirelessly to serve other people. And it's not some sort of BS like, oh yeah, I, you know, I want to talk about this. It's super important for me to share these parts of my identity with you because they are very much the fiber of who I am. You know, every day when I, I have been watching the news, which unfortunately I'm a news junkie. I thought about how much I miss my parents and how much I'm, how glad I am that they are not here to see this, how horrified my parents would be to feel this sense of anti-Semitism, this movement of anti-Semitism in this country, this tolerance for anti-Semitism in this country. Um, and I, have spoken out on my Facebook page. I've done things where I feel to com feel comfortable, but I'm putting this episode out there in the universe, which is kind of a different experience to say like, what do you stand for? What do you want to stand for? Or do you not really stand for anything? Or is it not your problem? Or is it somebody else's problem? Or is it, this is too hard to watch? Is it that you're turning it off? Is it, I can't believe Deb is going down this road today. It's okay. You know, I, I expect um, an interesting reaction to this show, but I feel that it's so important for me to share 
what my identity is all about that you don't even know about, that you may not even know about, um, that you make assumptions about. And so this is a short and sweet episode. I really want you to think about what is your I am statement? Who are you? What is your identity? And what can you do now to say, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. I'm going to make my own line in the sand. And I'm going to share with others that they are not alone, that we need to be in this together. Let's stand together. Let's stand united against what's going on in our country. We are so much better than this. And thank you for letting me share my point of view, my point of view. Um, And I'm willing to say that if it costs me listeners, that's okay. That's okay. The Think Courageously tribe is all about being an inclusive, safe space to show up. And I hope you continue to do so. Again, I'd love to see you um, follow the Facebook community, the Think Courageously community, which is literally expanding by the hour. I'd love to have you join us in that community. And uh, give a rating, give a review of the show on uh, your podcast uh, streamer. And I just want to thank you uh, again for a year of thinking courageously. I'm so honored to serve all of you in this very unique way. Take care and think courageously.